Meanwhile his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus, the saying one sows, and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. New International Version Today's Gospel narrative reads something like the stereotypical mother concern for her son saying, sit down and eat some of mama's pasta. You need some food. As if preparing and serving a meal will make everything better. Food has both the power to bring us together, as well as separate us. A meal can create the conditions for fellowship, acceptance, and enjoyment. Eating can bond people together through hospitable love. On the other hand, sitting down to eat can also be a way to avoid painful emotions. In this manner, eating becomes an obstacle to giving and receiving love. It seems Christ's disciples were doing the latter. They were uncomfortable and perhaps a bit stressed. Looking to fill up with food instead of with God, the disciples' sense of unfulfillment was coming out sideways by opening the refrigerator, poking through the meager leftovers and putting the emphasis on feeling better. I know we can be hard on the disciples in the Gospels. Their ups and downs from faith to fear and back to faith again can be weird. Yet, through it all, I believe their hearts, accepting Judas Iscariot, were in the right place. Jesus could see through the entire scenario and put the focus off eating. He addressed the disciples' soul hunger through putting the spotlight on doing the will of God. Deep within they were hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Paying attention to our vocation and discovering our humble work in the service of God, rather than a vacation to the pantry to cover our unwanted feelings, is the essence of Christ's interaction with His disciples. People are much more ready for the Gospel of Jesus than we think. There are times we can become so insular, and lost within our own heads, that we are then unable to see the world as ripe for a harvest of people who are actually eager to be gathered into the community of the redeemed. Jesus just had a significant interaction with the Samaritan woman. Back in that day, you just didn't have dialogues with half-breed Samaritans, an unholy mix of Jewish and hated ancient Assyrian Gentile blood, let alone a man talking with a woman of disrepute who experienced several failed marriages. Christ had a way of doing the will of God, despite conventional thinking of the time. And a lot of people got their undies in a bundle from it. The disciples, having a front seat to most of Christ's shenanigans, did a few too many palms to the forehead, believing their rabbi's unorthopraxis was going to make him unpopular. They feared no one would follow him. Looks like the disciples didn't quite get that one right. The Samaritan woman received Jesus as living water, having her ultimate needs met by the penultimate Lord of all. The disciples hadn't quite caught up to this, so fell back on their old ways of physical food and drink to assuage the weirdness happening inside them. The woman was gushing over with living water, becoming a wellspring of good news to her community. Whereas the disciples, eventually becoming an incredible fountain of the gospel after Christ's death and resurrection, are here nothing but an annoying drip from the kitchen faucet. A nondescript ethnically suspect woman of dubious character coming to faith was meant by Jesus to open the disciples' eyes to a new reality, the good news of Christ is meant for the world, not just Jewish men. The disciples were given the opportunity to participate in the world's takeover, a mission of bringing the love of God where love wasn't present, of helping all kinds of people awaken to the deep spirituality within them, of lifting their downcast faces of guilt and shame to see the living God wanting to bless the world with the body and blood of Jesus. For this is real food and real drink. 
Many believers in Jesus today think they are working hard for the Lord by seeking people for their churches. Yet, the real work is being done by the Triune God, the Heavenly Father who scans the world and seeks spiritual misfits to bless, the gracious and truthful Son who put hands and feet to that blessing, and the wild Holy Spirit who moves in unpredictable ways, are working infinitely harder for our churches, our families, our neighborhoods, and our world. All of our work, no matter how big or small, is made possible by the pre-work of the Holy Trinity. The great three-in-one has done all the preparations of chopping the onions, mincing the garlic, slicing the carrots, and peeling the potatoes so that we, his followers, can make a savory stew of diverse people sharing a common pot of God's love and hospitality. This is the food we know nothing about, and that God knows intimately. Oh God, you made us in your own image, and you have redeemed us through your Son Jesus Christ, look with compassion on the whole human family, take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts, break down the walls that separate us, unite us in bonds of love, and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that, in your good time, all nations and races may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A book painting, Ethiopian Orthodox Church Depiction of the Last Supper.